Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And believe it or not, today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm flying solo. Dwayne and his beautiful wife are taking some time. And uh, so I have a, an amazing guest on today. And we're going to chat a lot about different things in business. And uh, he's a coach. He's a teacher. He's a trainer. Uh, he's a managing partner with growthebench.com. Also a John Maxwell certified coach. And uh, man, Neil, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here and uh, feeling pretty good, all things considered. So that's really cool. Now, we have to share with our guests now what you just did last week. It was it's just go for it. Tell us what you yeah, did. I, I ran the Chicago Marathon um, successfully finished. It was my uh, third marathon, actually. It was definitely the hottest marathon I've ever done. Got up to 82 degrees, but um, it's all for charity and it was an awesome experience. So we can talk about uh, that and why and how and why the hell and uh, yeah, it's all good stuff. So. <laughs> Man, I love that. You know where I'm going to go with this right away. Like, why was that so important to you? Besides for the charity and the contribution side of things, why personally was that something you just had to do? It's the third one, so you know the pain you go through. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I, I really can't give you the short answer. I hope you don't mind if I give you like a little more context in the story. But, Please do. Um, back in 2017, um, my uh, ex-wife surprised me with a divorce. I was going through a really dark time in my life and I had just been all about work and nothing else. And part of that nothing else included physical fitness and, and health in general. And um I live near Boston and in Boston, you watch the Boston Marathon. It's like a spectator sport. It's a state holiday. Um, it's it's a big deal up here. And uh, I was trying to figure out what the heck I was doing in life. I was trying to deal with this grief of a divorce. And um, it's, it got in my head that physical exercise was the right thing to do to help process all this. And so um, I'm out there at my friend's house. We're drinking beer. We're watching the marathon. These guys are running by. And I was like, I'm going to do that next year. And they looked at me and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you don't, you don't run, Neil, you weigh 348 pounds. You ain't running anywhere, you know? And I said, I'm, I'm going to run the, the Boston marathon. So I did what I always do when I want to do something. I go and I, I hire a marathon coach and um, I meet this guy out on a high school track and he's teaching me running form. And, um, I'm, I'm struggling to jog, you know, 50 feet at this point, but he's teaching me and he's super cool and I'm huffing and puffing and I'll never forget it. The sun is setting. It's this beautiful day in May, this evening in May. And, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to get this form down and, and what's going through my head is I can't even run the length of a track. I'm going to run a marathon next year, you know? 
and and coach looks over at me and he goes, you know, Neil, you've taken your ability to walk for granted your entire life and uh, you're not going to do that anymore. He says, you're going to be running, you're going to be training, you're going to do this for charity, you're going to you're going to raise money, but um, this is going to change your life. And I was like, I don't know about that, you know. And uh, I don't tell him this. I'm just thinking this guy's kind of crazy. Like, who did I just hire to be my coach? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, when you're out there in pain and you just want to stop, I want you to think about all the people who are in hospital rooms and who are in wheelchairs who never have the ability to walk. And you don't take this for granted. You be damn grateful that you can actually run and you use this gift that you have to do something good. And that's what I did for 11 months. I trained. I ran hundreds of miles. I, I didn't think I could do it a lot of times, but I did. I ran the Boston Marathon in 2018. That year, it was uh, 40 degrees. We got two inches of rain. We had 30 to, mile, 30 to 40 mile an hour sustained headwinds. It was just some of the worst weather ever. And uh, even though more than half of the elite runners gave up, I finished strong and raised over 20 grand for charity. Love that. And um, it, it was just amazing. I learned so much about life and and determination and the impact of doing good and uh so then i signed up again because it was just such a high you know there's never anything i've done in my life that was such delayed gratification right 11 months of work for one day one minute of payoff at the finish line you know yeah. and uh i've never been a pro athlete but when you're running the marathon you feel like one everybody's cheering for you they're screaming your name you know and yeah um to know that it's making a real difference for kids around the world made sense. So then I did 2019 marathon and, you know, second time around, I'm feeling kind of cocky and uh, I'm, I'm skipping a couple of things that maybe I should be paying attention to like stretching. And I pulled my groin on mile nine in the marathon. No. And I had a 17 mile limp that was intensely painful to the finish line because charity runners finish hard stop. That's all there is to it. And so now I'm like, all right, this was fun. I did it. Uh, I think I'm the fattest guy to ever run the Boston Marathon in history, maybe. Uh, I'm all done, right? And my buddy moved to Chicago. And uh, he goes, hey, I'm running the Chicago Marathon. Do it with me. Because all my friends now think that I'm a marathoner. And like, I enjoy this, <laughs> which I don't. <laughs> and and um, he's the kind of guy that can convince you to do anything. You know, these people in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, I'll sign up. It's for an amazing cause called World Vision. We're providing clean water uh, to kids all around the world who are going to die. A thousand kids under the age of five will die today from diseases linked to the fact that they don't have clean drinking water. And I've never worried about clean water for more than about 15 minutes of my life. You know, I mean, yep. if I'm out running, there's, there's so many places to get it um, for free most of the time. Uh, or, and around the world, these people have to walk on average about four miles to get clean water. It's just crazy. That is nuts. And, and so I signed up to do it uh, in 2020. Of course it got canceled. So I deferred to 2021. And, um, so yeah, that's how I ended up out there and, uh, it was hot. I was battling, uh, probably heat stroke. Uh, heart rate was through the roof. I mean, uh, a little bit of uh, delusion going on, but again, uh, 150 kids, uh, so far, there's still time to donate if you're interested. It only costs $50 to save the life of a child, but so far 150 kids aren't going to die because of the work that, um, 
not that I did. I mean, I just, I just did something stupid and ran 26 miles, but because I have this amazing group of people who think it's inspiring around me that said, yeah, I'll also go, I'll also donate to that and, uh, and give something up. And so that's why I do it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been just an incredible experience and, um, we can talk about how it's changed my life and how it's changed my business and how it's changed everything. But, um, it all starts with, you've got a gift. You need to go do something good and you need to go try something more than you think you can do. I love that, dude. I love it. And you know, that story is, is very powerful for sure. And, you know, against all odds kind of story, which I, I love the most, you know, because you had the, the biggest, it's easier when you have a scrawny guy like myself, so I'm going to go run and I just start running and next thing you know, I'm running. But when it's, it's something that, that you have to really work a year for to build up for that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And we can transfer that right in the business when it comes down to it, right? There's, there's this determination, this, this, I will not stop. I will never give up. Nothing is going to stop me. I might change my, my angle of this. I might come at it from a different way, but I will never stop until I get my goal. Right. And how do you find that physical exertion like that and setting your mind to something big, like a, like a marathon, how does that impact your business when you then take that physical, um, determination and turn it into a mental or physical determination in your own business? How do they connect? Yeah, there's, there's a couple things. Um, but I think, uh, determination is really a muscle that you can develop. Right. Yep. And so going out there and running, um, I learned to get more determined and, and to get more creative, uh, in, in how I'm going to attack problems. And the other thing I find is, and I never realized this until I started running, you know, I'm working out six days a week pretty intensely, was that when I am out there physically working, um, everything gets placed in line. All the emotions line up the right way. Um, all the, I don't know, chemicals or hormones, I'm, I'm not a scientist, right? But it all lines up. And if I skip a few days, it gets out of whack, right? And it shows up in meetings. It shows up in deliverables. It shows up in my work. It's really weird and strange. And, um, you know, the human body is just this complex group of systems. And I don't know how they all interfunction, but they definitely interfunction, right? And so getting out there and, and exercising physically allows me to exercise mentally better. Yeah, dude, spot on. And so many people ask, like, you know, I have, we talked in the other podcasts about rituals and things like that and things that I've put in place myself and Dwayne has as well. And it is so, so important to your overall mental and physical health to, for instance, I run typically a 5k a day is what I do, mm. right? It's not a long distance, but it's enough to get everything up. I feel amazing. I'm jacked all day long. The energy, I don't eat sugar. Yeah. I don't drink coffee, none of that shit. For me, it is all living high on life because I let my body do that work. I feed it well, I, I move it well, and it gives me what I need, right? It's a simple process. And, you know, in business, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't physically move as much as I do because that, to your point, when you're running, oftentimes I'm thinking about things as I'm moving through and I'm solving problems as I'm going through that time. And when you're doing it with motion and you're releasing the stress and, and all the anxiety and all the things that come with just being alive anymore, yeah. uh, you can do that through physical activity. Holy crap, can you run with a clearer mm -hmm. mind? Have you found that to be the truth uh, as well? Absolutely, it just, everything gets clarified. And uh, you know, the short runs are great. You gotta do something, you gotta move a little bit every day. And, yep. and you know what? Yep. There's a lot of people who can't run, right? Like physically you can't, you've got some issue. You gotta get out, mm -hmm. get out there and walk. Um, if you can't, yep. can't walk, my, my fiance is quadriplegic. She's in a wheelchair. She's on a hand bike every day, just moving. Yeah. And, uh, 
she's, you know, she's this tiny little girl and she's freakishly strong because she's on the hand bike all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, but she'll, she's, she's got to do it. And, and I'll show up sometimes and I'll be tired and she'll go, we got to go for a stroll around the block. Right. Because even if she, she can never take another step in her entire life, but she sure as hell isn't going to give up the physical, what she can do because it affects the mental too, you know? So, um, it, it is just, uh, it is essential to have that. And I'll tell you what, if you can run, start building up the distance and go try a long run. Yep. Maybe for you, that means a 5k today. Maybe for some of us, it means a 10k. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some people are thinking half marathon, but man, when you're spending hours running, you start to run out of things to think about mm-hmm. and you start to get into a whole different headspace. And it is, you sure do. It is wild. What's, what's really interesting is you start seeing, you start witnessing some of the pains go through the body and, and, you know, and you start saying, okay, I see, I feel my knee. I feel my hip. I feel my foot. I've run a marathon already. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I didn't do any formal ones. I just, I grabbed my shoes and, uh, and I put two watches on to make sure it was legit. And I just ran yeah. around my area up and down hills, everything. Right. And the, exactly when you're going you know it was like three and three quarter hours i think it took me to run it so it was like you go through a lot of thoughts and you're like you know i'm doing this on my own nobody's watching Mm. i could stop right now i could walk i could do whatever the hell i want to do i could just say that was enough but it's developing those muscles in your mind that you're like no i'm not stopping Mm -hmm. i have a bigger why behind this i need to prove to myself that i can do this and then you start going through these thoughts and you start, like I mentioned before, you start feeling some pains coming through, like, oh, my ankle hurts. Well, just give it time. It'll pass. And then you're, it passes. And it's like, oh, this hurts. It just passed. You know, what I mean? and you just keep it, watch it float through, witness it happening. And yeah, by the end, you, you feel all beat up. But, you know, it's just it's, it's managing the mind because it's always trying to keep you safe and always trying to stop you. Yeah. But you just have to override that and just to hijack that bitch. Yeah, And, and it's so funny because like uh, people find out. And for me being such a big guy, it's, it's inspiring for them. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's cool. I, I, it's inspiring for me too, actually, that I, I have a bracelet, you know, with my marathon uh, markers on it. And so when I'm in a long run, I can be running, I can set out to do eight miles and not have it right. And think I don't have it. Yeah, yeah. And I have to look at my own wa- my own wrist and see, no, you're, you fucking marathoner, right? You can do this <laughs> yeah, I <love> and that. <laughs> remind myself that I can do it because that's, yeah. it is this practice, right? So it's not just like I'm this freak who, who knows it, but when people come up to me and they hear about the story, some people think it's awesome and they're like, yeah, I'm in, I want to try it. It's a bucket list. Let's go. But most people are like, I could never do that. And it's so weird for me because they're standing in front of me and they are, a lot of these people are clearly athletes. Like they definitely could do it because you don't have to be an athlete to do it. Yep. That's correct. But if a lot of these people have this athletic ability, it's like you were so gifted. You absolutely could do it if you just thought you could. Mm Mm-hmm or wanted to, or have a strong enough why for even considering it. Well, sure. That's the bigger thing. There's the driver is that why it all lands on that. You know, if you need to prove to yourself or to the world that you can do something, if that's part of your why, then shit, then nothing can stop you. But if it's something that someone asked you and there's no inner benefit for you to do it, you know, psychologically or, or to your why or to your emotion, then why would you do yeah. it? Seriously, yeah. it, there's too much pain in it. You, you you won't get through the pain. You'll quit right away. That's why when you say somebody will try this, you don't try it. You either fucking commit to it or you don't do it. It's just same thing in business. If you didn't like, look, we're going to build this business. It probably is not going to go the way we are planning right now, but we are hell bent on getting to that end game, to that end result. And we're going to figure it out as a team and get there. And that only comes from 
physically moving your body and breaking through those barriers that are already set in there. And when you can do it physically, when it comes to business, that's a cakewalk. Yeah. yeah. And and I'll tell you too, if, if you are thinking that this might be something you want to try, um, I've, I've gotten to know some people, I can get you a bib into Boston. Sweet. I can hook you up with a charity. I can get you a bib. Uh, it's going to, you're going to have to fundraise a lot of money. You're going to have to work really hard, but you'll get to talk with my coach. You'll get to work with these charities. You can run the Boston marathon. And if that's a bucket list, even if you've never run a mile, if you're a listener to this podcast, reach out to me, I'll be happy to help you get in because there's no experience like it. And if I can help you do some good in this world, that's good enough for me, man. Dude, I fucking love that, brother. Love it. That's why we're on this podcast, because you're just a, an incredible human being, a big heart, and you've broken through things that most people never even want to face in their life. And you're doing it against all odds when it comes to not having the form of a standard runner and all that. You're like, screw it. I am going to do it. And that's all that matters. Yeah, it, and you did it. My, you did my, it. My coach taught me very early on, you absolutely have what it takes to do this, but it's going to take everything you got. Yeah. And as long you have to believe that you can do it. That's the first step of as it. As long all. as you're prepared to give it all up and you believe you can, you'll absolutely crush it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And having that charity behind you is like it's not just me. I'm not letting myself down if I if I stop this. It's all those kids that die because I didn't. It's all of those people that are counting on me to do this that pushes you through. And you've got a bigger mission like that. That's where it all comes down to the mission. You've got a mission, brother. There's nothing that'll stop yeah, you. Yeah, hundred percent. It's incredible. I love this. So, hey, tell us a little bit about your story. What do you, uh, you know, how'd you get into the green industry? What is Grow the Bench? Like, how do you fit into this whole crazy world we call the green industry? Yeah, so um, I, I went to school. I was one of those weird guys who really wanted to go into sales. Like, there's not many of us. Yeah, love sales, love selling, mm-hmm. um, love helping people, and love making a lot of money doing it. And um, so I went into sales, uh, went to school for marketing, graduated uh, with a degree in marketing and a degree in Spanish, graduated in 2009. The economy was total shit and uh, had a hard time finding a job. So I got introduced to the green industry, um, did not know it was a thing at all. Um, <clears throat> started working for this landscaper in Detroit and um, they were doing about a million dollars in, in landscape and maintenance and snow combined. And um, he taught me a ton. And then after about a year, I was realizing that this company wasn't going to grow at the pace I needed it to for me to realize my potential. And so I made a change and uh, called my now business partner and said, Phil, I don't think that this company is going to work out for me long term. Um, I really, really like the snow plowing. The landscaping is just okay for me because I got yelled at too many times about the annual color being wrong, you know, by, by multimillionaire uh, homeowners. And I was like, I don't know if that's for me, but the snow plowing logistics side is, is pretty awesome. And he goes, you gotta meet my, my client, Jason in Boston. You guys are, are like two peas in a pod. You'd totally hit it off. And so I flew out to a trade show to meet this guy, spent the weekend with him. He made me a job offer. Um, I may, flew home on Sunday, gave my notice on Monday and Friday night, I flew out with two bags and moved into this guy's guest room in his house. And uh, Jason is a third generation business owner. His grandfather started a construction company. Um, over the generations, this they, this company grew to have 14 divisions. 
They had their site work. They had their home building. They had their, you know, landscape materials yard, their recycling, and of course, snow plowing. And Jay was one of five uh, kids and five sons. And um, he was working for his dad and didn't see his dad ever retiring. So he decided to take the snow division and purchase it from his father and start case snow management. And so that's right when I came on, I was the third employee um, and, and there are the three of us and we were in this half of a basement and we were going to do a company that only did snow plowing and everybody told us we were insane. And, uh, this is 2010. Um, we had about a million dollars in snow removal contracts. We had one pickup truck we were pretty much subcontracting everything. And, uh, we had just a couple of laptops and cell phones and tried to figure it out. And, um, seven years later, we were buying more Caterpillar machines than any other non-governmental agency in the world. We were doing $42 million a year in snow removal. We were in like 14 states and uh, it was just a wild seven years. And I had um, over a thousand people working in the field. I had 500 or so subcontracted companies working for us. It was just awesome. And um, learned so much in that time got to i was really fortunate because uh since i was there early i got to grow as the organization grew even though i didn't have the skills or emotional intelligence or uh experience to deserve those positions and um ups and downs over my career but the biggest up was i crushed it in sales and the biggest down was i was the worst manager ever um people would sit in front of me and they'd be in tears as they were re resigning saying like, I respect the hell out of you, but I can't stand to work for you because the way you make me feel. And it took me like far too many of those experiences to actually wake up and realize I need to figure out how to deal with people here. And so in 2014, I hired an emotional intelligence coach. Um, she started teaching me all this great stuff about how people think and how they work. And I saw so many parallels to the psychology that I was using in sales that my sales coach had taught me and started to become better and better. And then all of a sudden, one day, this organization was so big, um, there was nothing left to invent. Uh, it continued to, to work, even if I wasn't necessarily uh, hyper engaged like I had been in the past, a large part because we designed it that way, right? Um, and I just realized that this chapter was going to be coming to an end and I had to do something different. Um, I, I basically decided that there wasn't a lot of legacy I could add to my life by remaining here, even though I was working with my best friends and I loved it and it was super lucrative and things were great. I just, you know, doubling the size didn't mean anything like it used to mean again, you know, at that phase. And so I made the toughest decision. Uh, yeah, probably my entire life, which was to resign, came up with an exit plan, gave them six months notice and uh jay was super gracious you know i i gave my notice to him on a, a first class flight we were taking to a client and um he looked at me and he goes i know exactly where you are man you feel like you have this opportunity and this potential and you got to chase it but you feel like you're abandoning your family he goes i was exactly your age when i started this process with my dad he goes i know exactly what you're going through and he said go try it go see what you can do go test it out. And if you ever decide you don't like it, just come on back. And I was like, that's amazing. You know, um, such a phenomenal guy, such a great friend. 
And uh, so I did. And now I get to help other businesses. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. I do a lot of executive coaching. I do a lot of team coaching. I'm speaking at green industry conferences all the time. And if you know of a conference or association, I'd love to come speak to you guys too. And uh, as part of that effort, my now business partner, Phil Harwood, and I started to grow the bench about four years ago. And what we identified as an issue was, hey, we're doing great work for people, but it takes a lot of time and we charge a lot of money. And as a result of those two things, there's a lot of people who we can never talk to, right? Maybe we can help the owner or general manager, but the crew leaders aren't getting the help and development that they need because the budget and the time just doesn't line up to make that happen. And so we decided, hey, let's go, let's record as much content as we possibly can and make it super easy to train a whole company. And I built something like this at Case Snow, uh, sort of an internal university, and um, took that knowledge and that experience and reworked it. And now we have this sort of online university called Grow the Bench. We have over 300 courses that you can watch from any mobile device. They're all really short, about 10 or 15 minutes each, and they're assembled into nice learning journeys for people. And they teach everything from how the heck do I plow snow and ice? I'm a brand new employee to this industry or vice versa. How do I cut grass and do fall cleanups? I don't even know what these words mean. All the way up to time management and professionals and interviewing and managing and and a little bit of hard skills, but really all the soft skills that surround this business. And uh, it's been awesome. We've got thousands of people engaged with the platform. Um we have courses up on Grow the Bench that are completely free, no credit card at all, too. So if you want to, if you're trying to figure out equipment and do, am I supposed to buy or rent or lease equipment? Uh, Caterpillar was gracious enough to sponsor a course that's free for you to take. You don't have to buy Caterpillar, but um, they have a, a calculator and, and of course, a nice offer for you. Um, and you can figure out how to come up with an equipment plan. If you've heard about this idea of companies who have an equipment company that's separate from their operating company because there's big advantages for it and you don't know that math or what that is or how to take advantage of those taxes, I'll teach you that in 15 minutes. How to get started, how to call up your accountant, talk intelligently and come up with a plan that'll work for you, right? And so it's just been this really exciting journey of how can we influence and help more people more affordably and uh, grow the bench has been a vehicle for us to do that. That's so freaking amazing, man. There's something so powerful about giving back and teaching others what you've learned on your journey. So they don't have to go through the same black eyes and, you know, busted bones and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's so cool. So, you know, from going from the world of, of big snow, we'll call it yeah. right into teaching, you know, what does teaching offer you that that's, you know, the other position didn't? What do you what do you get from it personally more? Well, you know, for me, teaching is is about really inspiring true change. And and I'm a big believer that business is really one of the most important catalysts that you can have in the community in the world. And what Gallup has found out from its worldwide polls is every single person in the world just wants a good job. We spend too much damn time at our job to have a crappy job, right? And so for me, the single best way I can find out to change the world is to go into a business and help it be an awesome business that provides awesome jobs for people. And if I can teach somebody how to be the best manager they can be, then those employees will 
be more excited about their job. They'll be more involved and committed to their job. That business will start to perform. Everybody will make more money. That money will go back into the community. That economic force will propel that community. And if we all do it together, it'll happen across the United States or whatever country you're in. I speak internationally too. And that is going to be the path to success uh, for individuals and for countries uh, in the world. And so for me, that's what teaching is able to deliver. Um, doing it on my own as a business just doesn't have that same scale. I could, I could go start a business. I could do really well. I could employ one or two or three or 400 people maybe, but not nearly as many people as I can if I can inspire entire audiences with people with companies. And so that's why I decided to be in this space. I love that, dude. I love it. It's so powerful, so powerful, guys. And, you know, it, it's so important to be thinking about maybe you're doing really well in your business, but how can you pull somebody under your wing? Every single person has the opportunity to help others become more. And you might learn something that others would take years to figure out, pull them under your wing, take them out for dinner, whatever, and just help them, especially startups, people that are just getting in the business that don't have all the experience that you may have. Take the opportunity. Say, you know what? I see there's something in you. Let's just go out to lunch, go out to dinner. Let's talk about what you want the next five years to look like. And how can I be a catalyst in that to help you? Because that's really where once you start teaching and giving, everything changes, dude. I didn't realize that until I was in my mid thirties, that that was such a big part of this. I thought that it was all about collecting knowledge, collecting knowledge, collecting knowledge, and more knowledge you collect, the more money you can make. And it's a, it's a, such a one-sided deal. When you start teaching, that's truly where the education begins. Yeah. Do you find that to be true? Yeah. A hundred percent. At some point you realize, you know, when, when I started working, all I wanted to do was make a hundred thousand dollars mm -hmm. and I worked my ass off to get to that point. And then one day I was 26 years old and I finally did it. And I know that that's young and I know a lot of people are still scratching and trying to get there. But that was the point for me. I did it 26 years old. And I was like, yeah, I hit my goal. And I had this money. I was doing great. I was super comfortable. And I was going to places and, and chasing experiences. And every time I'd go somewhere, all I would hear about was, have you been to this place? Cause this place is even better. Mm -hmm. Of course, that place is more expensive too. Right. And of course. It, it's like, <laughs> no matter how high I got, there was just another more expensive, better experience to get to. Mm -hmm. And I looked around one day and I was like, this is stupid. You know, like, am I really having more fun than I was at the cheaper event? Is the $2,000 seat really that much better than the $20 seat? Mm-hmm. Or can I have a lot of fun without having to work so hard? And um, then you discover, maybe I can share what I know. Maybe I can help somebody else. And you start to find fulfillment, right? And it's just such a different thing than achievement. But some people never even give it that chance. I was fortunate enough to do it very early. Um, if you check out my webpage and you go to my, my tab on philanthropy, You'll see I have a quote there from Jackie Robinson. And it says, a life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. And I've discovered that to be super true. And I will, I will guarantee that if you give it a real true shot, you'll find that it's true too for you. I love that. Absolutely freaking love that, dude. And you mentioned fulfillment. So what does fulfillment look like for you? You know, for me, it's, it's about being able to do good. It's about being able to help other people. It's about not working too hard. It's about uh, finding this balance with some of those systems I talked about, right? So a balance of mm -hmm. well-being in my career, 
but also physically, financially, in my community, in my social life. Um, and at the end of the day, it's about doing something that will will be a legacy. Um, I, I try and strive towards what is my hundred year goal. Mm-hmm. And and I like the number 100 years because no matter what you believe about technology or science or life expectancy or your particular health, you don't have 100 years to live, <laughs> right? If you're listening yeah, to this podcast, yeah. you definitely don't have 100 more years. And so what's going to what's your 100 year goal? Because it involves somebody mm-hmm. else and it involves something bigger than you. And if you can't come up with a good 100 year goal, then when you die, it's all over. And that's sad. If if all you're living for is today or tomorrow or, or five years or 10 years, um, you need a hundred year and it doesn't have to be extravagant, right? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to have a business who will carry on that long. Um, it could be as simple as you've got kids and you want to see them do well. You know, I can't define fulfillment for other people by any means or success for other people by any means, mm-hmm. but get a hundred year goal and, and, even if you can't define it, there are times where I'm still not sure exactly what it looks like. Right. But I can sit down and I can say, is what I'm doing right now part of what I want my hundred year legacy to be or not? Mm-hmm. And it's like, definitely not. <laughs> this is absolutely it goes, yep. Netflix is not going to help whatever my hundred year goal is going to be right now. You know, like that much I, I know for sure. Yeah. And, and even if you can't define it, it can be a really powerful metric. No doubt. And you think about setting that expectation within yourself. We don't know how long we're going to last, right? We could die in a car accident tomorrow. We could fall off a cliff. I mean, these things could happen. But if we have our mindset on the fact that we want to do something, you know, at a certain point, say it's the hundred year goal, we want to live to be at least a hundred and that's mine as well. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a hundred years out. I'm seeing, I'm 43 now, just turned 43. And I'm like, you know what? That means that I have all this time between now and then. And if I want to be able to still move and function and be, uh, you know, be a human to be able to do whatever I want to do and have choices, I need to change what I'm doing now. I need to take the boat and then point it in a different direction, right? So hence the reason why there's so much physicality in my life. Hence the reason why I do meditation and mindset work and priming. Hence the reason why I want to grow people in businesses and all that stuff, because that's my long-term legacy. It's, It's the impact that we have directly and indirectly in other people's lives and how their lives are then better because of it. Mm-hmm. When your future, when your goal, when your why pulls you in a direction because it is just, it, it's like a, a light to a bug. You know, it's just, you can't get enough of it. You just want to keep going after it. You don't have to worry about alarm clocks. You don't have to worry about having bad days. You'll probably still have them, but you'll shrug them off. Be like, that's just part of the deal. Right. But when you got to be pushed into the future, that's a very different dynamic. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, find that cause that's worthwhile enough. Yeah. And then surround your people, surround yourself with people who will support you and, and push you for that. And, uh, you know, this is it for me for marathoning, right? No alarm clocks, uh, just a training plan on the wall. And, and nobody knows, not a single person knows whether I hit those goals or didn't on any given day for, for eight months of training this time. Right. Um, and nobody cares, but you knew, well, but you knew, I I knew, (laughs) right. But, but if I crushed an 18 mile run, Nobody knew yep. if I skipped a long run, nobody knew because it's, it's just for me. Right. Yep. But I have all these people who I've surrounded myself with 
who have given money to a cause because I told them what was good, who wouldn't otherwise do it, who are sending me encouragement, who are sharing, you know, posts about the cause on Facebook. Now I'm compelled to do it. Yeah. Right. And and uh, we talked about mindset. My mindset is I have no freaking clue how you run even a 5K without a cause. Yeah. But when I got a charity in front of me that I believe in, now I'm compelled to do a full marathon. Dude, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So important. Now you've mentioned a few times here that you've had coaches and mentors throughout your life. And how have they, how has that helped you excel? How has that helped you grow? You know, how have they played such a big role in your life? That's the only reason I've been even remotely successful is because of the coaches and mentors I've had. Um, Every single time I've wanted to go do something, I've hired a mentor and coach. Yeah. I don't know where this came from or this idea uh, came from. I mean, I, I grew up in uh, scouting and I grew up in, in school and sports. And so I had people around me. But um, when I was a professional day one, I showed up on the job at Case No to go do sales. They just paid me and moved me across the country to sell. And I said, hey, you got to go hire me a sales coach now. And they did. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I need somebody who's been there before. And I knew the guy because I'm I'm always listening to people, right? I'm always mm-hmm. figuring out who's next. And so I hired a sales coach and he took me to that next level um, year after year after year. Talked about the behaviors that I needed to have and the attitudes and the techniques, right? Um, mm-hmm. Then when I was ready to uh, stop being such a crappy manager, I hired an emotional intelligence coach to help me get there. Then when I wanted to uh, take that to the next level, I signed on to the John Maxwell team and got access to all of their coaches. Then when I was ready to run a marathon, I hired a marathoning coach and a nutritionist coach um, to help me not just with nutrition, but actually with uh, all of the mental stuff uh, that goes into eating. Right. And then when I started my own business, I got a business coach. Always, always have a coach. It's the only way I know how to accomplish anything. Yeah. If I'm going to go do something, I'm going to invest some money into a business coach. And yeah, it's expensive. But when I compare it to the results I get, it's like, man, if they charge 10 times their rate and I knew what I knew now, like Mm -hmm. that ROI is still a no brainer, you know? Um, And, and look, I, you can figure stuff out on your own. I can figure stuff out on my own. Why would you? Like you said, you could be in a car accident tomorrow. I don't want to wait around to see how long it'll take me to be so smart or be so self-reliant when I can just hire somebody who knows this already. I mean, my coaches have been old. Like, I don't think I've had a single coach who is less than 20 years older than me. Um, they've been around the block. They had real experience. They taught me so much and the only reason i can do what i do is because of them um so yeah i I just don't know i do know i I mean the companies who have coaches that really listen to them that treat it right that go through the motions they're on the they're in the fast lane and the companies i see and the people i see that are anti-coaching or not coachable people they're pretty stagnant yep dude 
most of my life, I grew up on, you know, in farms out in Pennsylvania and, you know, coaching and that kind of thing. The only thing every time you ever heard of a coach was or a football coach or a soccer coach or something to do with a sport at school. Right. The idea of actually hiring a coach outside of that realm was unheard mm-hmm. of. Like it just wasn't part of the conversation. So when I decided to, you know, start training for Ninja Warrior, I got a coach. Right. Yeah. And he showed me a lot of stuff and then I work with other coaches too. And I, I learned a lot in a much faster way. And within a few months I was competing, yeah. which I doing it myself. I wouldn't have done that. Right. Um, my wife and I just did a seven day fast. We had a coach for the thing and it wasn't just seven days. It's a six month program that it culminates at a seven day fast and then comes back down. It's, it's more about managing, um, you know, snacking and things like that and eating at certain times and more of a ketogenic style. But he teaches you so much about your body throughout that you can eventually get to the point where a seven day fast isn't comfortable, but you can do it. Right. So that was really a cool part. But without a coach, I wouldn't have that. You know, even now boxing, I have a coach, right? Everything that I do now, I hire a coach first. I have sales coaches. I have uh, life coaches, business coaches. At at certain points, I have four or five coaches going at one time. Yeah. Each time I want to jump into something new, I say, okay, who's the best I know in the area and who do they recommend? And then I go to them and say, teach me. Here's my goal. I want to be doing this by this point tell help me get there yeah set tell everybody about it and go and the next thing you know you're like six months later you look back six weeks later six days later you look back and you're like holy crap we covered a lot of, of road it's i would never have done that myself yeah and you know even even still today right like you can google anything you can get all the same info right i i yeah. read we'll stick with running for now right i read running magazines and stuff all the time because now i'm like sucked into this whole stupid world and like i'm i'm reading stuff and i'm i'm getting taught different things that maybe my coach told me maybe he didn't right it's not about the knowledge that's available it's about somebody who can give you that that awareness of what you need and when you need right and yeah technique is important but sometimes it's what you don't get taught or don't get hung up on Mm -hmm. that allows you to go faster and and that's what a great coach will really do for you. Absolutely. And you mentioned 100 years that you have a 100 year mission, 100 year focus, right? And the same here. I look at those 100 years and I've I think I mentioned on the other podcast, I am looking at it right now. I have my 4,000 week calendar up, which gives me 88 years. And I got the extension to 100. Every single box is a week in my life. Yeah. And 43 years worth is full now. And I have the rest looking at me and I'm like, all right, do I want to spend all those open boxes trying to figure this shit out on my own? Or do I want to fast track that so I can enjoy even more success, more impact, more, more life in the next, all those boxes that are left. Mm -hmm. When you start putting it into those kinds of perspectives and not thinking that time is something that this infinite thing that you have, and then you don't have any control over it. And, you know, you just kind of wallow through life, figuring it out and maybe it works and maybe it does. And I failed and I won and I did this. But when you start grabbing a hold of life by the throat and saying, look, I have control over this to a certain point. If I put in the work physically, if I put in the mental work, if I get coaches and surround myself with people that are that are smarter, that are even further on the track than I am, how much more can I achieve while I'm still alive? Yeah. How much more is possible? And that gets me fired up like crazy. I'm like, all right, find somebody new. I want to learn how to, I want to speak better. So I've hired a voice coach. Yep. That's all he does. He teaches me how to speak. <laughs> he teaches me how to pause, how to change tonalities how to whisper, how to go big. Like it's all of these things that keep people engaged. Some people think, you know what? You're just naturally gifted, whatever. Not even me, just people in general. Yeah. No, they worked hard to make that happen. That, that that person you're looking at, they built that fucker from the ground up. Mm. This isn't something they just walked into and they're great at it. Look at any of the big leaders. It's all that way. Yeah, and and you know, the right, the right work will always outperform the natural talent. And 
And if coaching didn't work, then these sports organizations wouldn't have coaches, right? I mean, look at the number of coaches that any football team or baseball team has. I mean, dozens of them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So you know some of them. You'll never never know the names of many of them, right? Um, But they're out there enabling this highest level of performance, even though these people have worked their entire life. They know the game inside and out. They know their bodies inside and out and they're immensely naturally talented. And yet they still work with a coach in between every goddamn play. Yes. Because they know that they're going to be better as a result. They found, they found the value. They found the fountain of youth, if you will. (laughs) They found, they found the secret. And uh, as everyone's listening out there, if you don't have a coach in your life or you want to go in a direction, maybe it is snow removal, maybe it is something else, maybe it's running, maybe it's whatever it might be in your life. It doesn't really matter. Figure out who can help you get there faster. And you're, you're going to be amazed. Sometimes the the coach shows up in your life. You might be looking around and all of a sudden you look right and you'd be like, I never thought of you as being that. And next thing you know, they're the most amazing impact in your life in that in that category. And I've. I've been very blessed to, to have that happen, but I've keep in my mind, I've kept my mind very open to that as well. Now in my, in my later years now, um, to, to being like, you know what, I want to start something new. How do I find somebody that's been there that can get me there quicker and I can learn faster. I mean, it's the same thing with real estate with me right now, right? It's, it's, I've got insane goals for real estate in one year and we're well on the way to do that. But I have a real estate coach, a business partner that I work with on a daily basis that we work together and he's teaching me, you know, he's been in the, in the racket for a long time. He's teaching me this stuff, compressing it down into, and he's got coaches too. You know, and those coaches are helping him push forward and then he's helping me push forward and I'm helping other people push forward. And it's this beautiful, beautiful relationship that everybody can win if we all realize that there's enough for everyone out there and just give. The more you give, the more life will will give back to you. It's that simple. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, man, I really appreciate our time here today. You know, I've learned a lot and I appreciate you staring, you know, sharing your story. And uh, it's so humbling and, and amazing. And another congratulations, man. That's no joke. Thank you. I, I know from running and, and, you know, what it's like. And I'm just really amazed that uh, you could blow through that and take 11 months and go from where you were to what you could achieve and Boston Marathon and all that stuff. Dude, that's really, that's really powerful. And how you translate that then into business and being a fucking rock star there too. That's really, really cool. So... If, uh, you know, if our people that are listening here want to reach out and find you, how do they find you? Well, I have a website like any good coach, right? Neilglatt.com. That's N-E-A-L-G-L-A-T-T.com. So feel free to go there. Uh, You can email me, neil at neilglatt.com. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, I'm the only Neil Glatt out there. And uh, I'm speaking at all kinds of trade shows. So um, if you're in... Denver, uh, if you're uh, going to GIE, um, you're going to some of these big trade shows, um, definitely come find me. Um, We have a podcast, Joshua, you were a guest uh, just last week, Mm -hmm. growing in the green industry. Um, So feel free to uh, engage with all the content that I'm pushing out there. Of course, you can follow um, Grow the Bench on Facebook or LinkedIn. We have daily content as well. So, so, so many ways. I'm super accessible. It always boggles my mind. Every time I speak, somebody comes up to me and they're like, Neil, I've been mean to get in contact with you. 
And I'm like, dude, my phone's right here. Like everything's on my phone all the time. <laughs> Why just ping me? I'm really. And they go, well, you're so busy. Like, you don't know my calendar. I'm honestly not that busy. I'm happy yeah. to talk with you. So if you want to reach out, reach out. You can find me. Uh, I'm sure this goes out with all the show notes and my name and everything. Um, quick Google search. I'll pop up. I promise. I appreciate it, Neil. It's been uh, quite a pleasure and everybody out there listening, you know, our goal is to bring more and more amazing people like Neil on here to, to share their stories and to, uh, you know, to get you excited about what's possible. You know, when you start to reach out, if you don't have a coach now, but you can listen to a podcast, no matter whose it is, and you can get inspiration from it and you can start thinking, wait, maybe I truly could do this too. Maybe all that limiting mindset belief stuff that's stuck in your head over all those years, whether it came from your parents or your upbringing or whatever, doesn't really matter that maybe I can just get rid of all that stuff and I can start living the life that I've always dreamed about. But a coach helps you break through that. And even listening to podcasts or getting different perspectives or going to seminars or reading books, all of that challenges your standard uh, experience in life right now and helps you think outside of that box, thinking about what if, what if I change this? What if I tried this? What if I bet on me for once? What if I finally said that, you know what, I'm going to live to be a hundred. What does it take for me to get there? And then start preparing yourself where you are, wherever you are right now, to get to that goal. What do you need to get there? Life becomes something you just cannot wait to keep going after every day. Like I said, my alarm clock never goes off because I don't have one. I get up every day around the same time and I go to bed around the same time. And I am lit up the second my feet hit the floor because my mission is first thing I think about in a day is the mission. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm possessed. It's insane, but you get that kind of quality of life by getting your mindset right, those six inches of real estate between your ears. Holy crap, does life change? And it's not just for you, it's your family and everybody you can possibly impact that you don't even know you impact on a daily basis. It could be all the way down to holding a door for somebody going into a grocery store, and that might be the one nice thing that happens for them that day. And that changes the way that they look at the whole world. You just don't know how much impact you have in people's lives, so every little bit can count. So guys, we're trying to get as many people as we could possibly get to uh, to empower and impact uh, throughout the next five years where we have it targeted at one to two million people. Dwayne's not here to push back on that one to the two million side. But the uh, point is that we want to empower and impact as many contractors in this environment that we possibly can. So uh, if you know somebody that would see value in this kind of uh, content, share it with them. Just share the podcast with them. That's all we ask, one or two people. And that'll help spread this word so that we can talk to great people like Neil even more. And we can bring more and more awesome content for you guys to listen to uh, on a more consistent basis. So uh, thanks again, Neil. And any closing words before we shut her down? Hey, man, go do something good today. I love it. I love it. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Talk to you soon. 